welcome back to a very special episode of the Upper Tier Podcast, brought to you on the Dynamo Podcast Network. And tonight we're going to take an in-depth bonus episode looking at Manchester United, covering such topics as Ole in or out, the effect of Paul Pogba, transfers, exit from the Champions League, and also what the fans think and how can these issues be fixed. And joining me tonight, I have the Roman Reigns of Irish Podcast and the head of the table, Ian the Agent Kelly. <laughs> and also joining us, Man United fan, friend of the show, Ryan Marr. How are you guys? I appreciate it. How's it going, on? How are you? <laughs> the Roman, I like Bad that Badass intro, that. <laughs> yeah, you can't really say nothing to that, can you? <laughs> no, definitely not, no. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Let me get some light up on up I in this motherfucker. I told you I'd be dropping a new one. I... Yeah, go ahead. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So we can see my head. There we go. Yeah, you, you told me you'd be dropping a new I one. I told you me. I'd be dropping a new intro each week. Yeah. <laughs> that you know, I'm down with that one. I'm down with that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Head, head of the table. Yeah. So no, I'm looking forward to today's one, to be fair. Should be should be fun. Uh, maybe not so much for Ryan and, uh, and Damien no. when he jumps on board. But uh, I suppose it's a conversation that needs to be had, I suppose. Yeah, definitely does, doesn't it? Like... Yeah, I think it's a. Uh... It, it's definitely one that has to be ironed out at this stage and the hard questions now have to begin to be asked. Yes. Um, yes. So without, without waiting any longer, let's let's really start. I suppose we should start with the Paul Pogba fiasco from during the week. Um, that's probably a starting point and then we'll move on into the exit from the Champions League, which no doubt there was an effect on it. Ryan, what's your take? I know we're talking to you on Wednesday and on Tuesday and all, you were, you were very upset with the exit from the Champions League, using words like couldn't talk, heartbroken, and these type of mm. comments came across to me. What's your feeling now, four or five days on? Uh, I don't think it's changed, really, to be honest. It's still, you know, you look back at, the highlights, you look back through the whole game, the way the way it was played from the beginning, I think maybe the I think the tactics were wrong at the start, obviously. I think any football fan can see that. Um you don't you don't start so defensively. You don't put five at the back and expect to go in uh, go and win on a big European night. You know, like there was a lot of pressure there, obviously, um considering at one stage we looked like we were gonna braze through the group. Uh I still bring it back to a lot of it back to the Istanbul game that we lost, I think that was a shock to the system for everybody. That was the and one, realistically, wasn't it? Yeah. it is. It is. If you look at it now, it is the one that screwed us. Because let's mm-hmm. be honest, they're not. A, they're an average side, aren't they? They're not. They're not a great side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that I think that that sums up United as a whole uh, since Ali took over as well. You know, you go out there. We have a strong, yeah, strong enough side. I wouldn't say a world beating side, but. You, you expect to be, be Istanbul, especially you get result against PSG. Um, you took Leipzig them, uh, Leipzig five nothing. You're saying nine points, happy days. One more win, one more draw, you get through, and then you go out there on Tuesday night, and it was just typical. You know, it's gone behind, and then you leave it till the 80th minute to start playing, which just isn't good enough. I don't care what anyone says. I just think it's. I think the tactics were wrong. I think the mentality was wrong. Obviously. Pogba and Mina Raiola have done absolutely no justice for the team. I think that's came at a wrong time, but I think also Oli should have came out in the press and addressed the whole situation and said, look, he's a United player for now. What Fergie done years ago when he had rubbish with Raiola? 
he should have just addressed it in the press, nipped it in the board, and yeah. got on with the job in hand, which is qualifying for the next round of Europe. And now, look at all, all, all the badness that's came over now. Obviously, financially, you know, team morale's going to be down. We've the Manchester derby at the weekend, which, to be honest, you look at it two ways. Would it surprise you if United went down and beat City the way the season has been going? It wouldn't surprise me, but. At the same time, you're thinking you want that big result in Europe. Everybody wants it because look look at the money it brings into the club. Look at the, the attraction it brings to players that might want to come in January or next summer. That's all gone out the window now. So you're looking at they're going to have to start picking up the pace now in the league because it's going to get to a stage now where you're looking at City, Liverpool, who are obviously going to keep going the way they're going. Then Chelsea look a good side to me. Spurs look fairly decent to me as well. Uh, you could probably write Arsenal off, if I'm honest. But Ollie's going to have a serious problem. And I think, to be honest, if he gets a bad result tomorrow, which City Code crushes, that could be the last nail in the coffin for Ollie. Yeah, Ian, what do you think? Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm um, I'm the same as as um, uh, as Ryan. Like, I mean, I don't. You know, I said it on the last show. You know, even though I'm, a, you know, I'm not a Man United fan as such, um, like I don't take pleasure. I mean, the, the fans will always banter about, you know, their opposition teams, especially teams that are that are, um, you know, I suppose our, our rivals. But yeah. I, uh, you know, when when your when your team does win, say for example, like you, Noel, as a Liverpool fan, right, and Liverpool win you know, that league after 30 years, you want to win it against the best, right? And Man United are one of those teams that are always up in that upper echelon of teams and you want, you know, you want to know that you've won against the top teams. It's like a, it's like a professional boxer. They want to know that they've beaten, you know, fighters at their best so that there's no questions asked. You know what I mean? There's no lingering yeah. questions at the end of the day, you know? Did AJ beat a prime Klitschko? You know what I mean? That's always going to be forever asked, you know. And I think that's that, that's the thing with United. Um, now, to go a little bit deeper into into United situation at the moment, I think the board. I think the um, I, I think the board are the real problem at Man United. I think you can change the you know you can change manager. You can get Ollie out. And I'm sure we're going to get to that in a while. Um, but is that really going to change anything, bringing Pochettino in? What's he going to do? Change a couple of players around here or there? Bring some Utrecht, blah, blah, blah. Bringing some Utrecht is exactly what United will want because at the end of the day, when's the last time you've even heard of a great Man United youth team over the last 10 years? Ryan, you could probably answer that question better than I can. But... It, you're hearing about Chelsea's U team. You're hearing about Liverpool's U team. Now you're starting to hit, hear a little bit about City's U team. And the difference is with the with the two that I mentioned, Bar, you know, City and Phil Foden. You, you know, you're not really hearing that of of the great class of '92. So it's not really a thing for United fans anymore. And I, I feel for United fans in that sense that they can't. I think you guys are frustrated, Ryan. I'll throw this question to you. I think you guys are probably frustrated and sick of hearing this shite talk from the media and still just building United as this force that quite clearly isn't there anymore or at this moment in time anyway. Yeah, no, you're dead, right? Like, you, you can look at it at two ways, if you ask me. Um, I'm a realist. I'd say how it is about United. 
I'm not going to sugarcoat you. Then you have these other fans that turn around and say, oh, no, we're still great. We're still going to win this. We're still going to win that. Let's be honest. At, at this moment in time, are you not going to lift silverware in the next 12 to 18 months? I don't think so. Let's be honest about it. Um, so I look at it at the point of view, point of view as a frustrated fan that obviously you, you want the glory days to come back. You know, I grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s where success just came natural to United. Whether it was a league, whether it was Europe, whether it was FA Cup, Carling Cup, whatever it was, you know, you knew there was going to be success within six or eight months. But then you have these other fans just screaming and shouting, Ollie, 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 and then you ask them to name the team and you can't even name the team. You have to look at it at the point of view where you have to sit back, look at the situation of the club. And like you said there, it is a lot of it's coming from the roots up from the board I don't think the board do United any favours whatsoever and you said what's the difference what's the difference in six months going to make if we get rid of Ali and take in Pochettino let's say I don't think it's going to make a huge difference because there's obviously there's something wrong there that isn't suited like look at the players that United have been linked to since Ali came in how many of them have actually signed very little you know what I mean Um like Bruno, obviously Bruno has spoke for himself. He's been absolutely outstanding since he signed in January. Can't say anything about him, you know. But like you said there as well, touching on the youth coming up. You look at that class of '92. At the moment, you look at United's grassroots. There's never going to be another class of '92 at the moment. Anyway, they've brought through some great players. Like you look at Rashford. Obviously, Pogba came through the youth system. Then you have the likes of Brandon Williams, them sort of lads coming up. That are going to be decent players, but are they going to be like the Giggsies, the Nevilles, Beckham, Nicky Butt? I don't. Are but they going even, to reach that even, potential? Even in today's era, are they going to be the Trent and uh, the Trent Alexar? I can never say that properly. The Trent Alex Arnolds, or the um, you know, are they going Trent to Trent the... Alexander Arnold? <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's too many names in that for me. I'm 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 a just, just call him Trent. Just, just go with just go with TAA. It's all good. That's all right. Well, I've got a Reese James here that's already better than him, so uh, that's why I'll uh, <laughs> you know. So, and you know that's true. That's the scary part about it. Um, no, but all joking aside, right? You you look at Liverpool with the Trents. You look at Chelsea with the Reeses. Um, Mason Mount you look at even with Liverpool with some of the kids that they're bringing in now that I can't even remember their fucking names and yet they go and they beat Wolves comfortably you know it's there's a balance there's an imbalance there actually at Manchester United at the moment that it seems that comes from Mm. like who is the director of football realistically like is it is it all about commercialism? Like Noel, I'm going to pass this one over to you. You mentioned something there uh, midweek on on the previous show, and said Chevrolet asked for something, right? Yeah, Chevrolet came in and said they wanted Ronaldo back at United. And the point I made on the last show was, do United want, not want Ronaldo in? Is it just Chevrolet? And then That's you look crazy. You know what I mean? If we touch on if, if we touch on the Paul Pogba situation. Is Paul Pogba now there in, in terms of footballing and as a footballer? Or is he now just a commercial entity for Adidas and for Chevrolet to, to pawn their wares, basically? You know what I mean? And it's it's a real conundrum there, you know? Like, the one thing I'd say, if you take last the last transfer window where United basically headhunted Jadon Sancho, the question really is, would Jadon Sancho have signed for United if Alex Ferguson was in charge? 
Yes. And that's really, the, that's answer. really the question. Yes, that's the answer. 110%. And if, and, yeah, 110%. And if that's, the, if that's the answer, then if the board is going out and they're providing the funds to sign players like Bruno, like Harry Maguire, like all these other players, Wampa Saka, the list goes on and on. Cavani. Um, how is the board not supporting the club? And is it just the distraction of Solskjaer in there to try and restore some of that old school United culture, which really doesn't carry any water because the player makeup isn't really there now in terms of that culture. And you can see it clearly in the Paul Pogba situation. Like, that guy would have got hounded out of that dressing room if that was the old Man United um, panel that were in there. They wouldn't have tolerated that off Paul Pogba. Ferguson probably would have hopped the football boot off his head. And it's funny. You know what I mean? So like, I'd like it's, to... It's just, I'd like to throw this to, to Ryan actually because I watched the I watched the the pregame talk between Rio Ferdinand, uh, Owen Hargreaves, and Paul Scholes, and Paul Scholes came across as an absolute mongo on that. To be honest with you, because he was saying, "Oh, Paul Paul Pope is a good lad. Yeah, you know he should just tell his agent to shut up and and everything will be grand." And Rio Ferdinand again, I think actually Rio Ferdinand is the best pundit in football at the moment. To be honest with you, because you know he doesn't. Uh, you know, he doesn't hold favoritism, even though you know he's a United fan, you see him do that, that's fine, that's no problem. But he's honest in his in his critique and his praise of opposition and his own team alike, which I think you have to be as a pundit. Um but I, I saw him talking to Paul Scholes and Scholes, he was like, Oh, don't worry about that, it'll be grand. Yeah, just just tell him to shut tell him tell his agent to shut up. And you're going, mm. No, what what Rio Ferdinand is saying here is that these are best mates. Paul Pogba knows what his agent has said. So, this is like, Paul Pogba might be a good lad in training and you might like him, but the fact is, he has obviously given the go-ahead, the green light to his agent to say, yeah, you know what, either take me back to Turin or, or send me off to Madrid or Paris or wherever the fuck you can get me. So, automatically, that is, in my opinion, setting your team up for a weird performance. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought the, the performance from United against Leipzig should have been the opposite. I thought it should have been, right, we are one now. You know what I mean? Fuck that guy. We're going to do this for us now, for our future. And like you said, Ryan, I think uh, I think Bruno's the only one that looks like he's actually trying anything. But um, I suppose the question I would ask you, Ryan, is when you see that kind of nonsense, you know, um, that's going on with an agent coming out mid-season, just, you know, what? Not even, what are we, like 20, 20 days away from, from the, the transfer window? Yeah, 20 days away. Give or take, yeah. Yeah, give or take. Like, what in the name? <clears throat> uh, I don't know. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. It's, it's, it's to be honest, it's all bullshit. Like, Fergie had, like, going back to Fergie with Rayola, he said, and I don't know how many interviews, he is the only agent that he could not deal with. He, he called him a twat. He called him an idiot, everything. He said it was just nothing but trouble with him. It was all about the, it was all about him lying in his pocket. It was never about the club. It was never about the player. And I think you're right as well. He done it with Lukaku as well, didn't he? Because Lukaku, Lukaku, yeah. Lukaku wanted to sign yeah. for Chelsea and then Chelsea ended up signing Maratta and you guys got Lukaku. And, and yeah. Yeah, so... Like basically as well, I I think he's Latan's agent as well. 
isn't he? He is. He is. Yeah, he is. And and that was the funny thing about that because I remember I was actually doing a little little bit of research before this podcast, and I was looking at it. Your one Marina Granovskaya, Chelsea's, uh, you know, iron lady as they call her, she refuses to do business with him now. That's it. It's just no, we won't. We won't negotiate with him. And I think you yeah. know you need to Klopp, look, Klopp. look at that. You are. Yeah, Klopp's the same. Klopp, ref- Klopp refuses to deal with him. He won't yeah. do it. Yeah. You see, it, it's, it goes down to, to be honest, it goes down to greed, I think, with a lot of agents. Him mainly. So you look at, United are in the, it's not halfway through the season, but it's the peak part of their season. This is a do or die situation. European football has always been huge. So for him to come out with bullshit like that is one thing. Pogba, I don't care what anyone says, he, he knew what was happening. He knew there were strings being pulled. There. Definitely. It's, it, 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 there's going to be tension in the dressing room. People are going to be looking around at each other. You can't you can't get together as a team. You can't speak about what's going to happen in the game. Rightly so, he was dropped. But I think as well, Ali should have came out, addressed that in the press, and said, "Look, he's our player. That was all down to his agent. You know, nipping in the board basically, and just turn around. And I think he should follow suit with Chelsea." Uh, the board should follow suit with Chelsea and Liverpool and say look we're not dealing with him we don't care what players he have whether it's I don't know someone like Mbappe's class at the moment or someone lower tier like championship level or something like that because all it's doing is creating poison within the club it's not it's not letting the team settle and it's all about money at the end of the day with him so it, all it's going to do is cause, cause friction with the team it's going to cause friction with the fans it's just going to end badly every time and let's be honest if Pogba wants to go back to Turin or he wants to fuck off to Madrid or Paris, or wherever he may want to go, just let him go. Take take whatever they're going to offer. Get rid of him because everyone was excited for him to come back because we saw what he's done at UV. He was absolutely outstanding. Came back to United. I'd say I can count on one or two hands how many good games he's had for United since he came back. And that's what? How many years are we talking now? That's two, three years? Three? Three years. Nearly three. Four, probably, three. Yeah, three. Yeah, three years we've had now. And I can count... Don't get me wrong, he scored an absolute belter last week. But, I mean, he's not doing it every week. And if he got his head out of his hole and stopped listening to his agent or got a new agent, there's no doubt in two or three years' time he'd be going for a Ballon d'Or. And that, that's how good he is. Naturally, that's how good of a player he is. But his attitude stinks. His, his agent stinks as well. So, just, I don't know, if he wants to leave the club, just let him leave the club. Because there's no point in turning around saying, oh, Paul, you're on 300 grand a week. Do you know what we'll do? We're going to give you 400 grand now. Make you one of the highest paid, play, paid players in the world. If he's not going to play as well. And then when he goes on the pitch, you can see it. When, when Sky are doing the angles of the different situations of games, he just he's walking around like a headless chicken. Doesn't want to know. He wants the ball at his feet all times. He wants the team built around him. And it's just not going to happen. Fergie wouldn't tolerate this bullshit. So I don't see why Ollie should have to know. I've been a big studier of Paul Pogba for a long, long time. Uh, Niall knows that I'm a big Juventus fan and I've always watched the Serie A. So I was watching Paul Pogba um, when he came up, you know, pretty much straight away. But, but, but like, and I've also watched him with France. We all did in the World Cup. Let's be honest, the real uh, star of that, of that France World Cup victory was N'Golo Kante in the sense of what he does to allow players around them to do what they need to do. And Paul Pogba was outstanding in that World Cup. Um, we look at Juventus right now. It's managed by Pirlo, so you can see why Pirlo would want him back because let's let's look at that Juventus midfield. Andrea Pirlo, I mean, you're probably talking about the best playmaking DM of all time, possibly, or one of them anyway. 
um, along there with the likes there, of Fabregas. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. You what? Definitely a Mount Rushmore. Definitely. Yeah, without definitely a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. And then beside Paul Pogba, what he had was a ball-winning midfielder in Arturo Vidal, who, by the way, is one of the most underrated players in the modern European era, in my opinion. Um, such a such a Bit great... Bit of a shithouse, but class player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but an absolute class player. But that's what made yeah. that midfield work, you know? Um, and I think I look at the Man United midfield and I'm seeing, like, Scott McTominay, okay... He's okay. Listen, this, uh, this, I'm not being disrespectful to these players. Scott McTominay, and you mentioned the, the kid at left back, you know, yeah, they're going to be decent players, like you say, going forward. But are they world-class players that should be playing for Man United? Or are they decent players that should be playing for the likes of Southampton or Wolves? Do you know what I mean? Are they Man United class? I don't believe so. I personally don't believe so. Um because I'm not seeing it on a consistent basis and that could be down to the manager and the, uh, and, and the game plan. You know, I accept that. Um, but when I'm looking at it, Paul Pogba obviously fancies himself as a, as a, you know, as a world-class player. And like you said, rightly so. Yeah, he has world-class elements about him. But I don't think, I think a real world-class player can do it no matter what shit is around him. You know what I mean? And I think that's where Paul Pogba, I think that's the reason Paul Pogba will never be a Ballon d'Or winner. Um, because he just doesn't really give a shit about anything other than himself. No. Yeah, Noel. that's that's it. Well, I think in, 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 in fairness to the player as well, I mean, you know, United have never found a balance in midfield to play the way they want to play him. Um, you know they've never they've never matched them up with another. I know. So you're playing devil's advocate here. I hear what you're saying. Okay. Okay. The thing is, if you're that good a player, you don't suddenly you know lose that level of performance, assuming that you're given the license to do what you want to do, and you're backed up with a midfield that works hard enough for you to allow you that license to excel. And I think that's a real problem there as well. You know, United, I know, like, they haven't found that Pirlo or Vidal or, you know what I mean? McTominay tries to be that Vidal. And then I think also the signing of Bruno, they kind of, in a way, gave Bruno really the Pogba role in some respects. And it's, um, you know, I, I can't say that's not sitting well with them. I looked at both of them playing together. They don't play together well at all. Um, there's a mismatch there totally. And there's obviously a clash of characters as well. Because obviously Pogba wants to be that superstar at United. And now Bruno obviously is that superstar at United. He's come in and he's grabbed it. you know what I mean? I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's United's captain. Let's be honest here, because Maguire is just a shambles. You know, but I just I just think, you know, to put a bit of balance to the argument as well, Paul Pogba is still probably a very, very good player and just hasn't been given that license to, at United, to find that balance in midfield to bring the best out in them, to be honest. And at times when they do find it, he joins and he comes out and he does well. You know, he plays well, he's rated well. You know what I mean? So I just think, I just think to bring a bit of balance to the argument, they, they, they need to find that midfield that allows him to do what needs to do, you know? I think that's what he was expecting, wasn't he? He was expecting the team to be built around him, to bring out the best of him. You know, 
I, I'm the same. I, I, I'd be a big fan of Juve as well. And I, I love watching Juve play. And when Pogba was there, that team, class. You know what I mean? And it, it's surprising with, when he, when Pogba came back, how poorly he actually played. Because, you know, he leaves Juve and comes back to United. And then there's little, about maybe 40, 50% of the player he was at Juve he's shown. He's, like I said there a few minutes ago, he's probably had... I don't know how many good games has he had maybe 10 in three three years if even 10 you know what I mean and if if it had worked out yeah all well and good we'd be all singing these praises but between him not giving a shit he just wants to be a superstar and it's just not happening for him um, he has that agent behind him and then you have to think as well he, he's the face of all these big big companies that he's getting paid millions for like Adidas I don't I think me and I had spoke about this before that I don't think he probably would have went to United unless Adidas had re-signed United I don't believe so I don't believe so either so I think obviously just pull there when there's money involved there's obviously going to be some sort of pull it it doesn't just happen because they want to be happy where they are you know when when you're talking six figures that's obviously going to make you move closer to where you want to go, isn't it? Like, let's be honest. At the end of the day, like the lads years ago, ten and twenty years ago, like you look at the the gigs, the Nevilles, then you look at Lampard, Terry, uh, Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Carragher. These lads would die for their club. Whereas these lads, uh, other lads are coming into clubs now, and it's more of it's. It seems like for a lot of them, it's a payday. It's it's not nothing about winning titles. It's more about them. It's more about what their bank balance looks like. And I think that brings a wrong attitude into the club as well because you don't get as many players playing to their level. Well, it's like I've done a, I done a bet over the summer with a couple of lads and a couple of lads haven't paid up, but I'm not going to call them out on a, I'm not going to call them out on a, on a, on a YouTube stream or anything like that, but they know exactly who they are. Go on, go on, go on. Uh, no, they know who they are. They were, they were guaranteeing go me on. that, they were guaranteeing me that Sancho was going to United, even though, he was a Chelsea fan all of his life, right? And Chelsea were in for him. Chelsea ended up getting fed up and said, right, this kid is obviously only interested in money. He wants to go to United because they're offering 100 grand more than, than we are. We're not going to offer him 100 grand more. So fuck it, which I think is the right policy. I think we'd all agree with that. Um, yeah, 100%. I think we'd all agree with that, no matter what club you're with. Now, Sancho turned out to make the right decision because I think Sancho would be another Pogba in the making in the next five years if that was if if, if that move had been made and we were looking at the same situation. He's obviously stayed with Dortmund and said, "You know what? I'll wait until the fucking COVID is over and see what we can do next year." Do you know what I mean? Maybe maybe my value can go up or whatever. But that's it. You know, I'd have missed that door. That's that's over. Do you know what I mean? So you had, potentially, you had one of the best young players. Now Chelsea don't need that player, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? Liverpool don't yeah, need that player. Um, no. You know, you do need that player, but is he going to go to United? Probably not. So you're probably going to get one of the, well, depending on what clubs still have money financially after this uh, after this COVID thing, you know, you know, boils down, I suppose. So it's like, you know, you want Jaden Sancho, you get Donny van der Beek. And it's like, grand, you've got one of the, the most impressive young uh, prospects in midfield in European football, which he is, by the way. I've seen him play with Ajax. He's, he's definitely quality. 
Um, if he was at if he was at Barcelona, well, I'd say Barcelona more so because of the the, the old Barcelona in the style that they play. Um, they know what to do with him. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, which I think is a good segue, Noel, if I'm allowed to kind of steal your uh, to steal your 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 uh, your hosting prowess here. I think I think it's a great uh, segue into Oli Gunnar Solskjaer because does he really know what to do? What he has surrounded him. I don't know. Someone answer that question for me. Well, I think clearly he doesn't because when you look at it, he just chops and changes continually every week. It's like he's trying to find that starting 11 and he can't find it because of the inconsistency of the team, maybe injuries, maybe COVID, maybe lockdowns, whatever it is. You know, How many games are we into the season though, Niles? How many games have you, know, you played this Absolutely. season in the Premier League? Is it 12, 13? Don't, don't for, yeah, 11. Don't, 11. don't for a minute 11, think yeah. that I'm sticking up for Solskjaer here in any way because, I mean, if you bring in a player like Van de Beek, I mean, you should be playing him. He should be playing. He shouldn't be a spectator. Yeah, totally agree. He was, literally, he was literally a spectator for the first two months of the season. And I just think, I, I look at Solskjaer and I think tactically he's naive. But to expand on your, your, your Sancho point, if you look at the last six to seven signings that United have made, in reality, no one else has been in for them except United. Like, no one was in for Cavani except United. No one was in for Wambasaka except United. When they signed Harry Maguire, City had already told them, good luck, it was ridiculous, and they laughed at Leicester. So the door was left open for United. And aren't they happy you know? about that? Imagine Harry Maguire trying yeah. to play fucking pit ball. <laughs> yeah, and then you look at what's happened recently. If you look at Bruno Fernandes, it's really only United that were in for him. Yeah. Only United were in for Alexi Telles. So, like, you look at all these players that they're signing, it's not like Liverpool or Chelsea or City or Bayern or Barca or Real or PSG were in for these players. They weren't in for them. So they're going to United because it, it it's the only option being given to them, really. You know what I mean? And that says a lot, really, if you reflect back on how it used to be. Like, you know, when United were signing other players, you know, other clubs were in for them and wanted them. And United then posted them up as a prize that they had got them and, and you know, fended off all these other big powerhouses. Now United are picking up players that kind of, they're, they're decent um, and good players, but none of the top teams are chasing them. So what does that tell you? That's a good question. I'll, I'll, I'll pass, yeah. I'll say this and then I'll pass it on to you, Ryan. That's a really good question because I, I agree with that because... <laughs> Listen, and trust me, Ryan, I feel your pain because pre-Lampard, I was in the same boat as you. And even without a shadow of a doubt, I think the best thing that happened to Chelsea Football Club, for example, is, is, is the transfer ban, without a shadow of a doubt. It's the best thing that could have happened to that club because they brought... They brought an actual legend back, you know. I, I don't buy into this. Oh, Solskjaer is a legend because he, you know, he was the super sub and he scored a goal. Listen, they didn't bring Roy Keane back to the club or Paul Scholes back to the club or Rio Ferdinand back to the club. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you would yeah. agree with that. And that, that's again, that's no disrespect to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but you know, you had a lot of a lot of people going, "Oh, a real United legend." I was like, "Come on, man!" You know, a real United legend is Roy Keane. Solskjaer, or, or sorry, not Solskjaer, uh, fucking, you know, uh, Paul Scholes, Giggs Ryan or Giggs or something, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, you know, someone like that. Um, and they bought into it. And last year, you know, you know, they were getting excited by beating certain teams and happy to get top four. A lot of you got the Arsenal syndrome. 
we, we you know we got top four we're happy with that and it's like that's yeah. not good enough for, for a United club it's the same with Chelsea a lot of fans were happy to get top four and I was like well we were happy to get top four because we were literally probably you know with, with, with the youth that had come in with the likes of Mason Mount and Reese James and all these young lads you were going maybe top four is a stretch for this this particular team but if we get it we'll be happy with that you know what I mean and then build on it next year but that's what happened United finished ahead of Chelsea last year and they didn't build on it now look at the difference you know like, and the difference is night and day and I'm not saying that just because it's my club but it's a fact it's there for everyone to see it's night and day Um I don't really know what to. Maybe Ryan, help me out here a little bit. Do you think I'm? Do you think I'm crazy talking like that, or do you think I'm right? Because uh, no, I don't think you're crazy. I think we all said the same thing about going to Chelsea for. I think we all said that the same thing last year. You know, I I, I talked Chelsea would get nowhere. I thought the transfer ban was going to kill them because you know over the years Chelsea have spent money. There's no sure. doubt that. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. Every. Every 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 club has done that over the years. You know, it yeah. has done it. City notorious for it. Um, Spurs splashed out a couple of times. Liverpool have splashed out a few quid. But you look at yeah, you brought you through, and it was kind of like the situation back when the Fergie era, where Fergie could bring them you the you through, and he could he had to, he had he could to have great yeah. games like yeah. Reese James, quality player, um, Mason Mount. They had to. Um, what's that lad's name? Uh, Gilmore, is it? Oh, Billy Gilmore. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Looks a smashing player. Looks another smashing player. Um, but then you, you look at the United, right? So I'm going to go back to last season. You know, you think you get the finger out, have a good season, compete for the title. You know, we had three semi-finals last year. Everyone's saying, oh, we had three semis in top four. That's not good enough. When did United ever say our oh, three semi-finals in top four was good enough? That's that's bullshit. I that's Arsenal. That's Arsenal bollocks, right? Arsenal syndrome, Arsenal syndrome. So you're looking at that. You know, it realistically would want to be winning two out of them three semi-finals. Give them chance, give a chance at that. The then you want to look at the end of the season. Liverpool deserves to win the league. I don't think anybody deny that. But you want to say, oh, Liverpool bet us, but it was only three or four points of the difference, five points maybe. But how many points was it in the end? And people are saying, oh yeah, that's grand. Now don't get me wrong. When it got the squeaky bum at the end of last year, I was delighted we got top four because it was starting to go down Shit's Creek a small bit but we took top four but I'm not one of these fans saying oh yeah top four three cup semi-finals like how was that good enough I, I, I don't think that's good enough at all that's, And you, because, because we're not you know you aren't supposed to be like a club like that you know they're not you're a club spot like on. that you're, you're, you're absolutely spot on I have to just sorry interrupt you there because you're 100% spot on there because I was thinking I thought this year and me and Niall actually had a conversation about this Niall and you can remember you were kind of scared saying right United now can actually build on this you know this they're at the yeah. getting this top three they can actually build on this if they get Jaden Sancho in if they have Pogba in they've got Cavani in as a, as a proper top striker they can they can do something here, but yet again the board failed their fans. Oh yeah, 100%. and failed their team, failed the team too. But you have to you have to look at it as well, <laughs> like the fans between the fans and the team. Let's be honest, the biggest thing about football is the fans. Football would be nothing without the fans. So yeah. for the board to go act in Asia, you know, I like I work in the gambling industry, like so I can see 
the price is fluctuating in and out of where always bet responsibly go. according to Dynamo day, Podcast James. Network <laughs> always bet responsibly yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> so so you're looking at that you're looking at Sancho was what 50 to 1 maybe at the start to go to United then he went into favour and then we were like oh maybe geez, because the bookies never really get it wrong surely he's on the way and then all of a sudden where did that go you know the, the board failed us He's gone out to stupid price then to come to United. And like you said a couple of minutes ago, is there an appeal to come to United now? I don't think so. Not at the, not at the moment. But can, it, can United turn it around now? The start of the season was obviously the question of this. Not, not the question. The answer should have been is we're going to turn it around now. But they haven't done that. It's like one week we go out, play absolutely outstanding. Comes to the weekend, you're playing against bottom, bottom tier clubs in the Premiership. Do you know what I mean? Like, from sixth down to the bottom, you're thinking, you know, you'd have to go out and win, play well here. And then they put in an absolutely tripe performance. And it's it just, there's not, like, the word there is consistency. And there just doesn't seem to be any of it at the moment. You can't go out and be a big team, two or three nil, then go out next week and bleed and draw to West Ham or Southampton or Fulham or something like that, or scrape a win against Southampton. Something like that. You have to be going to what City, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool, obviously. You have to go out and just do consistently. Look, all the stink Liverpool have got about injuries. Look what they're going out and doing. They tumped yeah. Wolves 4 0 last week. Yeah. Absolutely Hockey battered them. Wolves. Hockey them, yeah. Uh, and and you, you, you look at that Liverpool team, and if you didn't see the lineup, you'd say it was their full lineup, you know, Firmino, Salah, Mane. Van Dijk, Allison, the whole lot, but there wasn't. That's that's the difference. And you know you don't have that backup anymore. And that's what what Noel was saying there about the teams. There doesn't seem to be a team there, at United, because when United bet PSG in the Champions League, we had a smashing side out that night, great performance. And then he goes into the weekend where we drew. I think we drew or lost that weekend, and it was like five or six changes, whether it be position or substitutes, and you're just like. Why aren't you starting Donny van der Beek who played well? And why aren't you starting Rashford or you're starting Greenwood or obviously Bruno's a starter? But it's all this floating around with positions and substitutions that he doesn't actually have a first team. And that's where you have to question the manager. Now, I think he's been scapegoated a small bit and all the talk of the press seems to be about Ollie, not about the club or about the players. It's because United are obviously, in perspective, they're still a big club. Maybe not winning at the moment, but they are still one of the biggest clubs in the world. Like, Fan base wise, yeah. but there has to be. Changes. That's not a, that's not in doubt. That's not in doubt. Yeah, that, no, that's never going to change. You know, you know, yeah. I've always had the one of the biggest fan bases in the world. So something's got to give. Something's going to give. As in, are they going to get these players that they want? Are they going to turn form around? Are they going to pick a position that teams are going to be frightened to come back to Old Trafford to? Because there doesn't seem to be any fear when a team walks into Old Trafford anymore. Whereas. You, you talk, I think it was Dimitar Berbatov had an interview a couple of weeks ago and he said when teams are walking into into Old Trafford and you had the likes of Berbatov, you had Ronaldo, you had Rooney, Carrick, Scholes, Giggsy, they knew they were half beat before they walked onto that pitch. Now, teams are walking in, any sort of team walking in, whether it be top six or not, they're saying we can get a result here. And that's exactly what has happened over the last two or three years, at least. Yeah. Which is disappointing, obviously. See, I'd have a flip view of that. I'd lay a lot of the on-field problems that United have right at Solskjaer's door. 
I don't think the man should have got the job in the first place. I don't think he really carries any weight within the players. I think he's tactically naive. There's no pattern of play. His substitutions are an absolute joke. His timing of the substitutions, he doesn't know how to pull the trigger. He doesn't know where to play players. And when you talk about the board letting the fan base down, you got to talk about, you know, 130 million spent on a defence bringing back in Dan Henderson and giving him a new contract to challenge David De Gea, the signing of Alexi Tellez, the signing of Cavani, the signing of Donny van de Beek, the signing of Bruno Fernandes. Someone really needs to explain to me how this board has let the fan base down. They have signed player after player after player after player. And you look at Solskjaer, he just comes across like he doesn't have a clue. He's standing no. on the sideline there. He has Carrick and Phelan there. I don't know why they're there. I've never seen anything like the makeup of a managing team at a club the size of Manchester United who are trying to recover and get back to where they were. Those guys are never going to deliver that. And I really think, you hear the fan base going in on the board, I, I think it's the easy way out because no one wants to go in on Solskjaer because he's a likeable, nice guy. And he is a likeable, nice guy, yeah. Well, yeah. likeable, nice guy has finished last. But they finished last. It's not good enough. You look at Lampard in there in Chelsea. When he had to make that decision on goalkeeping, he went in and made that decision. No messing about. It was done. That could have easily backfired on him in the locker room. But there was no chance of that happening because he carries the respect of that squad. I don't think there's any respect in that squad whatsoever for Oli Goldner Solskjaer. Less for Phelan and less for Carrick without a shadow of a doubt. That's my opinion on it. That's a great. That's a great. Yeah. I'll just chime in on that before Ryan takes over on this. Actually, that's a that's a great shout, Niall. Just on everything you said, I think um, you know because you kind of actually opened my eyes there. That was kind of an impassioned. You know what? If you know you play with the passion that a Liverpool fan just made about Manchester United, there, then they might actually get somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Because I actually second that. I second that. I mean, where's the Man United that I grew up with? Right, even as a Chelsea fan, even as my blue on here, like, uh, where where is the man you know that I grew up with? Like you said, Ryan, that you went, oh shit, we're going to Old Trafford today. This is going to be a fucking tricky one. If we can get a draw out of it, I'll be happy. Because, for, you know, Alex Ferguson wrote the book on on how to win the league. You know, win your home games. If you get a draw away or a win away, happy days. But win your home games. It, it, it's it's like some weeks United want to be passionate about playing at Old Trafford, and some weeks they don't. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. that PSG game was just—I swear to God—it was like someone was playing FIFA right in front of my eyes. It honestly was. And 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 there's one particular player that I would like to mention that that gets a fucking get out of jail free card every fucking week, and that is Harry Maguire. Forget about Paul Pogba. He's the he's the enemy at the moment for a lot of United fans. Harry Maguire is fucking dirt. I mean, I'm sorry. The fact that listen, we all and including me, we all said when fucking Virgil Van Dijk was signed for seventy five million. Is that right, Noel? Seventy five million. Yeah, seventy five. Seventy five million. When he was signed for seventy five million, United fans, Chelsea fans, Arsenal fans we were all guilty of it. Said, "What the fuck is this? Like, what are Liverpool at?" Mm-hmm. Boom! Look what happened. They won the league. Yeah, seventy million, five million less for this absolute. 
I don't even want to use the word like this absolute tool of a player. No, 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 no. Hang on. <laughs> oh, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. Eighty million. He's the most expensive. Oh, so he's eighty. Oh, right. So they went. Yeah. They went five million That's more. Right, yeah. They went five million more for this absolute square head nonsense of a player. Do you know what? I'm going to call him exactly what Roy Keane called him: a bird brain. He's a bird brain of a player. <laughs> he cannot, but 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 he's not a good that's a football player. Point. He's not a his job, right? Listen, yeah, his job is one fucking job. If you're playing four across the back, right? This isn't rocket science, okay? We're all football fans here, right? And let's let's hear me out here. This isn't just picking on the guy on a personal level. I'm talking about him on the football pitch, all right? And on a personal level, he doesn't seem to be much better either. Um, and I have to say that because United fans give me shit about John Terry all the time so um, <laughs> I'm just going to leave Greece out there yeah go Greece lightning um, but uh, <laughs> yeah so but he's an absolute nonsensical footballer like he'll bounce a pass to absolutely nobody he hasn't got football IQ he, he can score the odd header every now and then. That's grand. I mean, at six foot five and the size of him, he should be doing it. He's an absolute farcical central defender built up by British media. And unfortunately, the Glaciers and Ed Woodward bought into it and fucking bought him. I'll just, I'll just add to that point today. I had the press conference for the City game. The issues with Man United midweek were laid at David De Gea's door. Yes. Harry Maguire was protected again. The media protected Because he's English. Player. Yeah. It was never his fault. It's and always, it was David De Gea's fault. The and if you look at the goals at United Sanders. David De Gea is a fine goalkeeper and he should be They're respected all... and fucking and revered for what he's done over the last eight years, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. But it is. That's the way it is with the English press. They protect their own. They put the price tag on these players as well, unfortunately. It's obviously some sort of influence. It goes back to when England go away to European Championships and World Cups. It's always going to be the way with English players that they will never be scapegoated, even though they're in the wrong, unfortunately. But only if they play for a certain club, and I'm sure you will agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Like, I've um, said it on the last show, and Noel agreed with me. John Terry was stripped of the captaincy because Wayne Bridge and the whole debacle, blah, 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 the news story came out. And then three months later, uh, Fabio Capello resigned from his, his position because of that. He said, you're not telling me who I can pick as captain. How do you know I'm going to pick Wayne Bridge as the secondary left back anyway? Do you know? Mm. But they made a statement and said, no, we need to do that to John Terry. There we go. Boom. He's a racist. He's a fucking whatever the hell else he is. Again, narrative created by British media, namely that dirty scumbag rag, the son. And I have no problem saying that on, uh, on a podcast. Oh, yeah. 100% all the time. agree with They're you there. Scum. And if, as I said, if you just want to come at me, I'll, I'll have a better lawyer than Johnny Depp. Fuck you guys. Um <laughs> Plus, Niles so the guess, host anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I guess. <laughs> no, I guess but let me let me just then. continue that point, though, Noel, because yeah, go ahead. what what story came out not two months later? Ryan Giggs having an eleven-year-old affair with his goddamn brother's wife, and he was handed the captaincy of Team GB to go and represent the UK in the Olympics. 
So, again, media, they will not touch certain players, especially when they're English, but only if they play for certain teams. Let's look at Tottenham right now. Tottenham is the perfect example, right? Tottenham, you cannot say... I hear uh, Deli Ali is, is, is up for being one of the midfielders of the year and he hasn't played. It, it, it's, it's, it's mental. You know, that that was one of the one of the shouts. He's in the shortlist. He's not he's not there, like but he's he's actually in the shortlist for one of the midfielders of the year because he plays for Tottenham. Have you noticed when Tottenham play any team, like even Arsenal, Chelsea, whoever it is, referees will blow the whistle as soon as poor El Harry is touched. Oh it's, yeah. And he's well, always looking always at them the for case. it. Listen. Have you yeah. heard one? Have you heard one criticism this year of Mourinho at all? And Mourinho's doing the exact same stuff that he used to always do. Not one criticism no. because he's playing for the glorious Tottenham. They're they're a team that you're not allowed to say anything bad about because they're owned by Jews. They're owned by this. So you you, you can't you can't hit the mighty Tottenham here, you know, because you'll probably you'll probably be called a Hitler or something if you fucking if you slag Tottenham in any way, shape, or form. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, all I'm saying is the Harry Maguire situation is the exact same and Noel was 100% correct there David De Gea has been taking the flack for that little absolute chump for for the last since he's been signed basically and, and the other chumps that are around him like basically you know uh, uh, that are that are calling themselves centre-backs for Man United madness right, I look it is. Noel had the perfect point there about De Gea being the one scapegoated as usual. Man United fan. In summary, Ryan, to bring it back, you're the United fan on the call. Um, what do you really yeah. want to see at United? What do you want to see happen in the next six to 12 months in order to restore some kind of dignity to the club, if you like? Look, in the next six to 12 months, right, I'm not going to say, oh, I want to turn around this time next year. Same we're after winning loads of trophies. Like obviously that everyone wants that. But what I want is I want a team that's there where a manager is gonna pick a team, stick with the team. Don't it doesn't doesn't matter about leaving three hundred grand player a week, uh, players that are on three hundred grand a week on the bench. That's not like they they play when they're called for, that's what they're paid for. You pick a team. I want a manager that's gonna pick the team right as in tactically, he's gonna have everything right, everything in place where there's a good system there, you have uh, like a holding midfielder, you have players playing around them, you have two good strikers there as well, you have a solid back four, you have, I, I've no problem with David De Gea hanging around for a couple of more years because I think he's been a I great like him. for the club. I think he's earned that yeah. spot as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he's earned the spot, he's been a great servant, he's been arguably one of the best keepers in the world a couple of times over. Um, if you look back a couple of years, he's had. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's had he's had a rough time of it, obviously, because of what's playing in front of him. You know what I mean? He, he's he's not Superman. He, he can't he can't save everything, but he can only play as well as he's allowed to play. Because what are defenders for? Defenders are there to to protect the goal as well. It's not just the goalkeeper. So that's realistic. So. Yeah, you you want a team that's play obviously playing good football. You want to see you're not going to win every single game, but you want nice football. You want good tactics. You want good setups. You want good relationship within the club. You want the fans happy. You want the board behind you. You don't want the board going against you. Um, if players come up when United start playing good football again and start competing for trophies, then that's where players will be attracted. But that's when you need the board to step in, bite the bullet, and sign these players. Bring it back to. 
when you're signing a big player, like like any club, like Chelsea went hell for leather in the transfer market this year because they play attractive football. And they've seen what they could do last year with, without being disrespectful, with, with half a team, if you ask me. They had no access to the transfer market. It's the same with Liverpool this year. They've had mountains of, uh, mountains of injuries, but they can still play with players that wouldn't be used to playing first team football. But they can still, they could attract players. You know, you see rumours all the time of the likes of Mbappe and, uh, and uh, so going to Liverpool. Go on, crack a smile there, Noel. Crack a smile in the back. Look at look at, look at Mo Salah <laughs> and Van Dijk behind him. He loves hearing that from a United fan. Go on, tell the truth, brother. <laughs> there's, no, there's no more room behind me for Mbappe. So listen, just to finish <laughs> off a great episode, Ryan, give us a prediction for the Manchester Derby. I... Uh... Oh, Jesus, you've caught me here. Just because the way the season has gone, I'm going to go out and say we'll beat them by a goal. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Just That's because, show, but realistically, but realistically I, I, I would I'd imagine, I, like, I, yeah, from a football fan's point of view, you would imagine City will beat us. But because the way Ollie's, Ollie's reign at the club has went, it wouldn't surprise me if we went out and beat them tomorrow. Like it's a good record from last season, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic to me club and go United by a goal. Good for you, good for you. And you know what? <laughs> you know, after all this and all the shit that I've given United over the last two podcasts, I'm gonna say three two United. I have a feeling that there's gonna be there's gonna be an old school Fergie time fucking corner going in there and I think Cavani gets the fucking nut on that Maguire's um, going to get the winner and shoots us all up. <laughs> Jesus, if he does that if he does that uh, you know what if he Ryan, does that Ryan, Ryan, if he, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan if he does that I'm buying you a point next week that's, that's for sure I'll, I'll take that no water all day long absolutely Ryan, Ryan I predicted tr- I predicted 3-1 and that Pogba would be man of the match. <laughs> That's what I predicted. <laughs> Me, no, I have a feeling. He does and you love know, those games. He, he loves yeah, those go games ahead, against City. No, Noel, say that. against City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with saying, the blue hair. To be honest with you, also up at the top of the table, we'd be very happy if you'd done that. <sighs> I, yeah. I think when we're going to have another we weekend up the top around. of the table changing. <laughs> Of course, you could turn the season around. Listen, I think that I think I think I think United in closing. I'm just going to say this quick, Noel, because I know you you got to bounce, and I know we all got to bounce. Yeah. Um, I think United don't need to be looking at Pochettino. I think Pochettino is also looking around them as well, and knowing that United isn't the only game in town. Um, I'm sure Pochettino is looking at the Arsenal job too. Believe it or not, I would say he is because it's in North London where his home is, and I think he knows. You know, I think Arsenal if they get a Pochettino. Boom! That's a different story. I think that makes a lot more sense for Arsenal, believe it or not, than United. I know people are going to go, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" We'll say it on another podcast next week. Um, but also, Pochettino is looking at Turin as well, and he's probably looking at Madrid. So it's. Uh, I think United, you know, probably have to stick with Solskjaer for the time being. But I think they should definitely be. Um, you know, uh, get rid of of the shite in the dressing room before you start getting rid of managers. That's what I would say. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent. That's where it all comes from. So you have to, you have to just straighten the players out. There should be no bollocks. It never would have happened in Fergie's time. So I don't see why you should you should be giving Ali the same respect what he deserves. I give him a, a gun. Not- I give him a gun. I give him a gun and say, see you, motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the brain if you don't go out there and at least get an assist <laughs> today. Fuck you, Pogba. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus Noel, so, so what a way to finish the episode, huh? So yeah. for myself, Noel, the coach Hogan, for in the Dynamo. We're straight out of down yeah. south in the Confederacy. Oh, Ryan, Mark, <laughs> Obviously. <are united. laughs> don't forget, don't forget to smash that like button, share button, download, hit that subscription button. So I'll chime in for Noel here. Hit what he's saying bell. is, don't don't forget for to hit that like button because obviously Noel's uh, Noel's internet has gone funny there. So he hasn't paid what, the Wi-Fi bill. Yeah, he hasn't. <laughs> so what Noel was saying there, <laughs> don't forget. Too much this month. So don't forget to follow us. Obviously, Ed Woodward is on to Noel, and he's got the wrong guy. So I'll speak. Yeah, what he's saying is, follow us on YouTube. We are the Upper Tier Podcast. We are on uh, YouTube under the Dynamo Podcast Network. Um, please do like and subscribe us. And as Noel said, say it one more time, Noel. What do we smash? We smash that like button, share button, download, subscribe, and hit that bell notification. What we're asking you guys is to be a whore for us. And you know what? We'll be a whore for you if you do that, which means that we'll give you more videos and more content every time you need it. Um, we will be pretty much myself and Noel. We'll be, we'll be almost doing daily content at some point on this, especially when it comes to football news and stuff like that. So please do stick with us as well. Um, we really appreciate you. Um, stopping by and listen to us. And you know what? For Noel, for Dynamo and of course for Ryan we will catch you on the flip side and we will see you next week and we will see when United win 3-2 and uh, I told you bank on it bank on it Cavani last minute winner <laughs>